This feels like a going home atmosphere. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's wonderful to be a child of God, isn't it? Be able to serve the Lord in the way of righteousness and truth and know what He's done in this day and is still doing in this day. I'm so glad tonight that we're not just here to report that God used to be God. God used to move. God used to heal the sick. He used to do all these sorts of things. But we're here tonight to tell you He's still doing everything yeah. every day. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Amos will stay with us tonight. God bless you all. Thank you for visiting with us. Let us just read together, if you would, St. John chapter 3, verse 19. St. John 3, 16 is probably one of the most famous scriptures in the Bible. I don't know how many people know verse 19, 20, and 21. Uh, they seem to be underrated, I suppose you would say. Uh, you can see why once we read them here. But... Let's read together, if you would. We'll read three verses there. This is the condemnation, that light is come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light, and this is the reason why, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Now, I want you to notice they don't just dislike it, feel uncomfortable being around it. I don't know really. They hate it. They hate it. That's what Jesus said. They hate it. Neither cometh to the light, and this is the reason they don't, lest his deeds should be reproved. But I love verse 21. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. Now listen how progressive that is. And you'd think in one way you couldn't do truth without knowing light. But you see, God illuminates a little bit of our past when we're lost and helps us to see that there is a better way. And then we start doing truth and the light shines on as we walk. And the more we do, the more He illuminates. But he that doeth, now not just he that hears and says, I agree with it. Oh, amen. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. I believe every, every word of that. It's not just amening it. It's doing it. He that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest for they are wrought in God. Amen. That's the reason we love him tonight. That's right. How many like to be remembered as we go before the Lord in prayer? I have a couple of prayer calls here tonight for Sister Ruth and Brother Brian Arnold. We want to remember them. Each one of your needs, let's just hold them right there in our hearts before the Lord. Lord Jesus, what a great atmosphere here in this place tonight. We know it's not brought on by us. It's not brought on by musicians even song leaders, they certainly contribute their part. But we know the presence of God is what makes it so awesome. And one thing we so love about you is that you don't have to have a nice building, carpet on the floor, doesn't have to be padded pews, air conditioning in the summer, 
real nice climate control in the winter. But Father, we know that if two or three are gathered together, if it would be in a basement, Lord, if it was with me gathering with several hundred, many hundred of people in Kenya several years ago under a big gigantic tree and me standing up just a little bit higher than them, but the presence of God came down just as real underneath that tree as it is here tonight. And Father, we're so grateful for that because we know you love to be amongst your people. So Lord, we're asking you tonight, once again, would you visit us in a special way? Would you minister to us according to all your great wisdom? You know what each of us need. You're the only one that can custom fit a service that will be able to minister to every hungry heart. Father, these prayer calls that I have in my hand for Sister Reese and Brother Brian, you see their needs, Lord. You saw the hundreds of hands that were uplifted here tonight. No doubt in the streaming audience there was even more than what was here visible. Father God, would you be mindful of your children? Lord God, we bring our petitions, and your prophet has told us to ask much. And not only ask much, but ask for great things. Ask for big things. It's not like, Lord, that we've just got to stand out underneath the bottom of the table if a little crumb falls off over now and then, and we just, whatever's left over, Lord God, we can sit right there at your table and eat fresh from your hand. Speak to us tonight, Father. Anoint me, Lord. Help me that I can get out of the way, Father. Break the bread of life to us, Lord God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We've been speaking about getting into the Spirit. We know that everybody is getting into some type of influence, whether it's good or bad, right or wrong. It boils down to really two aspects. One is light, and the other one is darkness. We complicate it and put all kinds of titles and words and try to identify what this is and that is, but really it's two things. The Lord Jesus addressed both of these things in these verses that we just read, and it was that by Him coming to the earth, it brought great condemnation, or it brought great light and deliverance. It really just depended upon which way the people who heard him, what they would do. To some, it manifested how rotten, how corrupt that they really were. To others, it showed them how wrong they were, but it also showed them there was a way out of being how wrong that they were. You see, the difference is not that, well, these certain, certain people have sins and these others don't have sins. No, we all do. We're all born lost. We're born in that state of darkness. But the difference is between the elect of God, we were born there, but we didn't want to stay there. There was something in us calling when we didn't even know what it really was. But it was the grace of God. I love the way the Lord Jesus sets this forth. And of course, we know that he is one of the first New Testament preachers. So he starts using types and shadows and stories, and he would pick things that no doubt the modern theologians and the rabbis of that day would have just scoffed at and made fun of. You know, Jesus was so different from all the rest of the rabbis because the rabbis of those days were actually called the light of the Torah. 
Now this is what they would call a rabbi in that day, that he was a light of the Torah or an illuminator of the Torah. So here would be one rabbi that had this background, here was another that had this background, but the teachers of the day never actually got to choose their followers. But it would be me and you and you and you and you, and then we'd go hear this rabbi, and then we'd go hear that one, and we'd hear that one, and that one, and then we'd compare them and see which one that we wanted to follow. But the Lord Jesus totally upset that whole procedure. So you can imagine when Jesus told his disciples that day, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Now that was totally different from everything that they had been taught because they were taught that they chose their rabbi. Well, that's basically the way we were brought up in church that we felt like, well, if I wanted to be a Baptist, I could be a Baptist. If I wanted to be a church of God, I could be a church of God. But we found out it wasn't us that chose the way. No, how it was him who chose us. So right here he goes to upsetting the very foundation of what they believe that they had the opportunity. Then the Lord Jesus goes to bring in great illumination upon something which had been hidden. The prophets of the Old Testament, they spoke about light and darkness. And we know that one of the messianic prophecies of the Old Testament from the book of Isaiah was that the Messiah would be the light bringer. Unlike Lucifer, which was the day star, which also means light bringer, but after his fall, the messianic prophecies were that there would come one who would bring great light. And he would not just give it to the the Jews, but he would bring great light to the Gentiles. And here, whenever he comes on the earth, then one thing that the Messiah should do is bring light to the word. Notice this again in St. John 3, 21. He that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. In other words, the one who comes to the light is described as one who starts out in a very weakened path of life. Now, God doesn't really give us that much in the initial beginning. According to the illumination of our faith and our understanding, it is so impartial. It is so little bit of light. Some of you started out in a Catholic church, maybe a Church of Christ, a Baptist, whatever it was. And you didn't know nothing about the Godhead. You knew nothing about the election of God for nation predestination. But somehow the grace of God started showing you a little bit of the light and this truth began to prepare you for the further advancement that God would lead you into. You see, it really makes us feel sorry for those who come in so far and they find out that God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son and that's all they've known for the last 40 five years. That's all they've known. Now really what makes it even more sad to me are many of those who come into the message 45 years ago and they found out that God sent a prophet they don't know a bit more about the message now than they knew then. God sent a prophet and say what he said and you know what? What got me in trouble so many years ago was actually not just saying that quote say what he said, say what he said, say what he said but when you really go to saying what he said, that's what causes the problem. It's not standing up and quoting that quote, just say what the tapes say. Just say what the tapes say. Oh yeah, I found that out many, many years ago. When you go to saying what them tapes say, you're gonna be hated of all men. 
<laughs> That's exactly right. But once we find out what the truth really is, and it's as if though that the light of God begins to shine in such a small beam, or a little bit of illumination, and we know it all goes back, of course, to Genesis, when the Spirit of God said, let there be light, and there was light. And it was not that the sun, the moon, the stars, the universe began to come into existence. The prophet tells us in the fourth seal, also there is a man here who can turn on the light. They were already into existence, but God, by the spoken word, was simply moving back the darkness and the mist that was on the earth. And he tells us in the seals that God is using you as a type. So the moon, the sun, and all that, over the darkness was the same thing of darkness over our lives. And the spoken word spoke to that seed and said, let there be light, and it began to roll away. Now we saw it. Maybe we saw we was a sinner and we got saved. And we thought, my, there can't be no greater light than that. You barely, barely broke daylight. We barely, barely broke daylight. God just started a little bit of illumination. And then what did we do? We started doing that truth. Our obedience to that illumination of light started making a way for God to give us more and more and more. I'm glad to say here tonight, I'm still growing. I'm still learning more. I'm open to correction. I'm open to revelation. Anybody with me? Now you see, friend, this this type of people that God can keep on illuminating right to the rapture. It is those who become anointed with a denominational spirit and they draw their doctrinal circle and they go no farther. That's not just limited to Church of God, Baptists and Methodists, but that same old devil's got right around the message of the hour. Well, that's right. But you see, what we want to do is to be able to grow into the advancement of the full light so the Lord Jesus can manifest everything that he wants us to see about himself. Watch this in Proverbs 4.18. The path of the just is as the shining light. Now, notice this. The path of the just is as the shining light. And this is the way that it's as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. So the path of the just, when we start out, it's like the sun breaking forth over the horizon and the rays start breaking into the darkness and you know how it is. Early of the morning, there's still shadows, there's still mist and things that are there. What is it? The breaking of the day. But as the day progresses and the sun gets higher and higher and higher and those shadows begin to change and it might be 50 degrees in the morning when the sun comes up. As the sun begins to warm the earth, what happens? The temperature begins to climb. And the rays of the sun are getting warmer and stronger and stronger. Comes up at 9, 9, 30, 10, 11. Comes up to noonday right straight over about middle as it was. And it comes right on down. It will not get any stronger than what it is right then. And the path of the just is the same way. That we start out with just little bitty tiny rays of the illumination of the Son of Man. And as God reveals it to us, we walk in and say, praise God. And God reveals more and we say, praise God. What is it? About nine o'clock. And we go, oh my, it just keeps unfolding more. 9.30, quarter to 10, 10, 10, 15, 10, 20, 11, 11, 15, 11, 30. And then we get up to where it's just about striking up and the full strength of the sun is coming on us. And then it comes from 12 to 3. Remember the prophet said that it starts setting about 3 o'clock. 
cloth. Remember this during that time frame that the Lord Jesus was hanging there on the cross. So if God patterns his own life as he himself walked in the sun. And those who come to that spot to where they feel like they need no more. They don't need no more understanding. They need no more the revelation of God. I can't help from feeling sorry for them because they'll never go on with God. They come to 930 in the morning and they've been at 930 for the last 75 years. They've never received the full strength of the Son. They've never walked in full sanctification. They've never walked in full token life. Come on, saints. All they know is, well, praise God. God sent a prophet. Hallelujah. Amen. God sent a prophet. Glory to God. I'll tell you one thing. God sent a prophet. Glory to God. And they're still at 930, and they're still rejoicing. But, brother, let's move on up to the noontime. And then let's move on into the evening light when the sun is fixing to take a bride from the earth. You see, the light of knowledge in the way that Christ begins to reveal it. As far as when we first started out, we were so imperfect. We were so ignorant. No doubt about some things, we are still ignorant tonight. But the only reason that we're ignorant is because God has not showed us any more. If God shows us more, the elect will walk in it. Is that right? We'll walk in the light as he is in light. How, do this, how does this come about? Through the ministry of God called men. And the church said, it's not just by staying home listening to tapes. It's not, well, I don't need a preacher no more according to Ephesians 4. That's the way the body will come into the unity of the faith. We will not come into unity by having a hot dog supper or a hamburger supper. All of us getting together and playing soccer and baseball and basketball. Nope, that will not do it. But it's by the preaching of the word. And that's not just by whoever wants to be a preacher. But God called, God ordained, God. God-gifted men that are called to rightly divide the word of truth. Notice Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 says it this way. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. I want you to notice what a prophecy that Daniel is setting forth hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago now, that the elect of God would actually start shining as the firmament. And those who lead people to the Lord Jesus, he said, turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Now, if you don't misunderstand me here, but as we saw the Lord Jesus last week and we saw a prefigure of what's fixing to happen on the earth and we saw the Shekinah glory that was veiled inside of him and the light that shined upon him was not something from without that shined upon his face as it did on Moses. It was rather something from within that was allowed to shine out and the sun began to shine in his strength. Now listen to me, the elect of God also will bear part of this image or this effigy of the revealed Son of God. We will look different from everybody else on the earth. The saved of the earth will walk in the light thereof, but the elect of God, I hope you don't think I'm crazy, the elect of God will be so changed into the image of Jesus Christ. They will actually shine with the glory glory of God in the new kingdom. 
Well, praise the Lord. Watch this, Matthew 13, 41. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity. And they shall cast them into a furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Now notice, not everybody. Remember the book of Revelation declares that there will be an elect which will gather around the throne of God and then those outside the city are called the saved of the earth. So they are saved. They walk into eternal life. They never bore the full glory of the marriage of the lamb in this life. They will not bear it there. But now keep in mind, nobody in the eighth day will be unhappy. Nobody in the eighth day will be walking around and saying, my, I'm not shining like the bride. I don't look like the bride. I'm jealous. There'll be no jealousy there. But there will be a differentiation even in our glorified bodies that all those that are married to him, Christ the word, will actually shine forth as the sun. There will be an illumination about their glorified, oh my, about their glorified bodies. Notice Jesus said, then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father who has ears to hear, let him hear. So the recipients of the divine attribute of God's grace in the fullness will be the recipients of the divine attribute of the glory of God. Now one of the words that's used in the New Testament for the word glory is actually the Greek word doxa. It is a word that refers to a great illumination or light or it can be an overshadowing as it was a Shekinah glory. But it also refers to the deity of the person of God. So would it not then carry, carry true that those that are born by his own breast would bear in them the very effigy or the image. And the word image is icon in the New Testament that we might be conformed to the icon of the image of God so our flesh will be changed. As our souls have been changed here, our appetites, our desires, our way we walk, the way we talk, the way we live, we will not just get a new young body but we will inherit part of his glory. You'll be able to walk through walls, appear, disappear, and in your image will be the reflected image of the Son of God. Notice this, it will be the Father's glory reflected in them. Watch this, 2 Corinthians three seventeen. Now the Spirit, now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, listen to this, we all with open face, open face, anacolupto, which means to unveil or uncover the word open by drawing back a veil. We all with an open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Look at this glass. It is to show in a mirror. So now, don't get in your mind that it's like a clear glass, like we look through that door or through some type of automobile glass, that you're looking through something and peering to something else. But you are actually with an unveiled face looking into a mirror. Now listen, you're looking into a mirror and you're seeing yourself 
but you're also seeing somebody else. Now, not a clear piece of glass, but a mirror. To show in a mirror, look what the word glass means, to show in a mirror, Lord God, to look at oneself in a mirror, to behold oneself in a mirror. But wait a minute! Paul said we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. How can I look at a mirror and see me and see the glory of the Lord? Lord God, help us, Jesus. But we all with open face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are changed into the same image. Lord, children. You see, the Jews were not able to look upon the face of Moses after being in the presence of the Shekinah glory of God. So Moses had to put a veil over his face, which veil is still on their hearts to this day, we know. And here Paul said, but we're not approaching him with a veiled face, but with an open face. And when we approach him with an open face and we take his mirror and we hold it up, why would God hand us a mirror? Why do you use a mirror? When you're getting ready to comb your hair before church, brothers or sisters, you're getting ready to get ready to church, tie your tie, whatever it is. Do you look through a clear glass? You look through a mirror because you want to see what you look like. And if your tie's over here, you think, wow, that would look really weird, wouldn't it? Going to church, of course it would look weird. Only I look like that when I get done. I start out perfectly in the center. When I get done, who knows where it'll be? And you're sitting there looking at him and saying, does he know the way his tie looks? No, I don't. If I had a mirror, I'd be straightening it out. But what does a mirror do? Many times, this is the only thing we use God's mirror for. It is to find our faults, find our weaknesses, find our humanity, find the strains, find the rottenness in our family. Oh, glory to God! And as long as we keep doing that, we will constantly more and more assimilate our mistakes, assimilate our shortcomings. But the reason of using the divine mirror of God is that we might assimilate his glory. Not our failures, not our weakness. Well, my daddy done this, my mama done that. The more you look at that, the more you'll become your daddy. The more you look at that, the more you'll become your mistakes. So why am I supposed to look in the mirror I don't like what I see. Son of Don and Betty Reagan. Oh my, Schultz on that side. Reagan's on that side. False shortcomings. But Paul said that we look in the mirror and if we can look right, we will actually see the glory of the Lord. And as we look at it and assimilate into what we're seeing, the assimilation will change us into the image itself. 
Because don't you understand why movies are so powerful? Don't you understand why Hollywood has broke down not only America, but the world with a homosexual agenda? Started out years and years ago with comedy and a homosexual was a man. I read it here not long ago, one of the very first ones that they ever put out. And it was like a comedy of two men that were boyfriends. And they got America laughing. And one of the first places they showed it was on airlines. So then they started from there to something else, to something else. This is why our culture, why our society is where it is today. Video games, come on now, don't get quiet on me. All types of magazines, all types of radio programs. And what do people do? By looking, they assimilate. By, oh my, by looking, they behold, and they become what they are feeding on. And Paul said, it's time for the saints of God to take a mirror and look in there and say, oh God, change me, change me from glory under glory under glory until I assimilate into the very image of Christ himself. You see, the glory there represents the enjoyment. You see, it's the same way with our senses, the way they're magnetized, the humanity to negativity in the world for sin. You look at pornography, you look at foolishness. Just spend too much time on Facebook. My brother, sister, this is what we need to be spending our time on Facebook. With our face in the book of life. Come on. Oh my, many of you know more about what's going on on Facebook than you do in the glory of the word of God. And why is that? There is a reason for all of that. Satan wants to do it. Look, it's evident. Look how much power these things have got. If you go against them, they'll shut you down. And who can stop them? Congress hasn't done it. The Senate hasn't done it. They're bigger and more powerful than God. Don't sit there and look at me funny. It's the truth. And what do people do? My, they get a little ping for Facebook and they get a little deal. You know, this, that, and other little ding for uh, whatever more, Instagram. Everybody's got their little dings and their little sounds memorized. Are we hearing the sound of the voice of the Lord God? Or are we just Facebook people and Instagram people? And they'll all, oh, let's be people of the book. Let's be people of the book that we so look into the mirror of God's word and God so reveals himself out of us that we're able to start seeing him when we look in the mirror and actually we're seeing ourselves. but as we assimilate my God my eyes are changing my God my eyelids are changing my lips are changing my nose is changing as I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking I'm assimilating I'm eating I'm becoming more and more into the image of him who called me you see this is another reason why we need fellowship No wonder the Bible says a child left by himself in the Old Testament would bring shame to his mother, shame to his parents. You watch people who cut themselves off from the body of the saints. Watch what they will do. They will pull their mirror of themselves 
and they will start studying themselves more and more and more. I don't need the church. I don't need the pastor. I don't need this. I don't need that. And watch how more involved in their self they become. Why? They're assimilating more into their own image. So the sermons they hear, they pull it through their thoughts. The tapes they listen to, they pull it through their thoughts. That's why it's good for you to get out of your little state of isolation and be around the rest of the body and get your focus off of yourself. You're not the main one. The main one is Jesus Christ. It's not me. It's not you. It's about him and his body. Satan knows what we spend so much of our time on is what we assimilate into. This is why you need to be careful who your kids hang around. Well, come on, I'm going to preach whistle without you. It just looks better in heaven if you say amen. <laughs> Your kids have to be so careful with the friends they make. Well, come on, saints. All it takes is one wrong friend, and they begin to feed them this and that and the other and begin to pick up habits. Why? Because they watch them, and they will go to mimic what they see. Amen. Why? They're assimilating that behavior and they're holding that mirror up in front of them and here's this young boy at church which they want to be like. So they watch how he walks. They watch how he talks. They watch what words he says. and You know, he sasses his mom and his daddy and they hold that mirror up and the next thing they're sassing their mama and their daddy. Well, when they go to doing that, you might ought to see who they're fellowshipping around. Well, preach, Brother Donnie. Why? Because, listen, friends, every one of us have got a glass up in front of us. Hollywood is doing its best to put a mirror of LGBT and all the great things they think of the world. They're holding the mirror of Sodom up before our children. They're holding up all this stuff to destroy our society. And they may destroy this society, but they will not destroy the church of the living God because we don't want Hollywood's mirror. We do not want the lesbianism's mirror. We want the mirror of God's word. We know, of course, there was a divine image in man when he was created initially. When he fell, that divine image left and another image took its place. It's the one we were all born with. But once we are reborn, amen, actually we get another image which is different than what Adam had. Now, I know that kind of stumbles people every time I say that, but people say, well, I want what Adam had. I don't. I want more. Whatever it was Adam had, he fell from. I want something that'll keep me in the worst age it's ever been. Eve couldn't live right in the Garden of Eden. How do you figure she'd done in this day? Well, come on, saints. But God's got men. But not only men, he's got women. He's got young women. He's got young ladies. Oh, my. Eve couldn't live right, right in the middle of paradise. But here's a bride in the last day in Satan's Eden. She's not barely making it. She's not barely holding on. We're not going down for the count and we're going to drown. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. We're not just barely hanging on by the skin of our teeth. There's enough power right here in this place tonight to create a whole new universe. There's enough power here to 
heal the sick and deliver those that are captive. Why? If we can move beyond our own image and the image of worldliness and look into the mirror of the word until that image becomes us. We walk with him. We talk with him. We become him. By looking into an ancient mirror, which would have been the type that they would have used in the days of Paul whenever he wrote this. They were made of burnished metal. So when a reflection would be able to hit that, unlike our mirror today, whenever the sun or a strong image would hit that mirror, it would actually bend it and it could throw it right back up in your face. So here comes the brightness of the sun behind my shoulder, we'll say, and I'm holding the mirror like this and it hits the mirror and I'm looking at myself. But when the sun rises in its strength, oh, glory be to God, from the mirror that I'm holding in my hand, the image of the sun now becomes bent through the mirror and you see the image of the sun imprinted on my <laughs> Oh, glory to God, so I'm no longer seeing me, Harry. I'm no longer seeing you and you're no longer seeing yourself, but you're looking in the mirror and people are looking at you and saying, my Lord, what has happened to you? It's the image that's on the mirror. It ain't me no more. It ain't me as a Reagan. It's not you as a Smith or whatever more. It is the grace of God through the angle of the crucified Christ. Amen. Divinity and humanity merged together and bent the angle toward our face and then the Lord Jesus can reflect him Himself on our own face through the mirror. The church world picks, picks it up and looks at it and says, Oh, that's too hard. I, I just can't live it. Man, I, I, I got to go to a church where they, they preach easy stuff. Oh, that, that, that's just too demanding. I, I can't do it. It's, it's too tense. It's too tense. Oh, it's just it's too much for me. It's too much for me. I just can't handle it. They look at it and say, oh, it's hard and it's difficult and got to give up this and got to quit that. But the real believers just sit there and say, whoo, glory to God. Whoo. And other people look at you and say, my Lord, what has happened to you? I used to run with you. I used to work with you. Lord, you're the worst cussing man I ever seen in my life. What's coming out of your mouth now? Rays of illumination. What's coming out of your soul used to be so mean and so contrary and this and that and the other. Oh, but you see through the cross of bending the angle, striking the mirror, his glory is coming back on the face. Don't you see what it is? It's the reflected image that the elect will bear all through eternity. So the reflection would be cast from the mirror. Now the saints of God, of course, in that day, y'all are sitting here looking at me, trying to imagine in your mind what a burnished mirror would look like because the ones we have today are like that. But the saints of God in that day, whenever they would have read this, they would have looked and known perfectly. Some of them might have got up when they got their ladder down at church and they went in and picked up their mirror and they kind of did this experiment, you know, and they got up behind the sun and they said, honey, do you see it? 
Do you see? What do you see? I see you, but I see the king of lights. And I know that ain't you because you can't do that. What's doing it? The mirror. You see, this is why we need the right mirror. Oh, glory to God. We did not need a makeup mirror. Come on now, somebody. We did not need a Trinitarian mirror. Or, oh, no, we didn't need a, you know, an apostolic oneness. We needed a mirror of the Word that would be big enough and polished enough to reflect what? Not Brother Branham. Brother Branham did not come to reflect himself. He came as a reflector of the Lord Jesus. And he reflected him so well, people thought he was him. Anybody accuse you of that lately? Now, I've made the offer many, many times. I'll make it here again tonight for those that have left the message and want us to follow them. Our prophet messenger was so much like the Lord Jesus, some of his family members thought he was the Lord Jesus. So I'd like for some of you who have left the message and think you've got so much to like to send me, please, a list of your family members that think you are. And then we might sit down and talk. You see, Christ, the bright light, on a polished mirror is reflected. Now, he himself does not need a reflection. He is the light. But I do. I'm not him. You're not him. But Paul gave the church a mirror. How strange this must have been. You know, New Testament preachers, how they use these examples. And how odd and peculiar that it must have been in that day. And him to say that though we all with an open face and we're looking in the mirror, seeing the glory of the Lord. Notice this, by contemplating the resplendent glory of the Shekinah, by studying it, by looking at it, by contemplating it, we are actually allowing our members to be transfigured. Some of y'all looking at me like I'm from Mars. I'm way further away from that. You see, it is a law of our nature by moral feelings to assimilate the people we are around. Look at animals. Who is it that teaches little baby turkeys? Little baby turkeys. Whenever they're first born, and that little old mama will start talking to them in turkey talk. And it don't take them very long at all when they see mama acting funny and they see that hunter there, them little old turkeys. Look at them little baby deer. Look at all of nature. You ever seen a turkey go to turkey school? I mean, I went to school with some turkeys, but I'm talking about them too, like you can. You, know. you all have too. But have you ever seen any of the animals ever go to school for that? They don't need to. They assimilate. Why don't a turkey act like a deer? Or a deer act like a turkey? They assimilate, Brother Dow, who their parents are. So they learn. They're hatched out from under there. They think like a turkey. They walk like a turkey. They act like a turkey. A deer does the exact same thing. Pigs, whatever more. Why? They assimilate. God gave nature the ability to assimilate. What are we? We are the highest of the mammal order. And that's why the danger of assimilation is so strong, especially in the age that we live in. Satan's got so many things as close as our smartphone. And sometimes the phone is smarter than the person who owns it. Why? Because it's in our human makeup to assimilate into those things. And Paul broke into the power of assimilation before they ever come up with a smartphone. And he said, if you'll pull that mirror right close to you and you'll study it and you'll look at it, 
you'll actually start assimilating not just mannerisms, not just talk, but the glory. The Hebrew word Shekinah, or as we say in the English, Shekinah. You see, there's a difference in this absorbing glory and just memorizing scriptures and quotes. Well, I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to go to the library, and I'm going to get me a book entitled How to Be Bride for Dummies. And I'm going to study this book, and I'm going to learn how. I'm going to learn what bride people do. I'm going to learn how they talk. I'm going to learn how they dress, how they behave themselves, what restaurants they go to, what amusement parks are accepted and what's not accepted. I'm going to learn what the length of my hair can be. I'm going to learn all this stuff, and I'm going to be a bride member. You're wasting your time. Some of the dumbest people you'll ever meet in your life. When you get on the other side, you look back here in time and you'll find out it was some of God's elect. Some of them probably couldn't quote 20 quotes word for word to save their life. But they absorbed what they heard. They assimilated what they read. They become what they were around and it transformed them from glory unto glory. You see, notice the way that Paul says this. He said, but we always open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. Now the word change is the word metamorpho, which is metamorphosis, like the butterfly and all the process of nature. But it's the same word that was used about the Lord Jesus in the book of Matthew when the Bible says his garments was transfigured. So as we feed upon that image, not our conception of that image, but the image itself. We actually become changed to that image. Where, Brother Donnie? Where, but I've still got my humanity. But the change is taking place on the inside. Oh. You see, we become assimilated to those whom we have our closest intimate fellowship with. I find it amazing to watch men and women that's been married for years and years, and maybe the first 10 years, you know, their differences were so far apart, and they were so vast, but as they're around one another more, they begin to think the same way. I mean, it's amazing, Carol and I, how we've been together all these years, that we think some of the same things. No, not everything, and I'm praying for her when she thinks wrong, of course, and she'll think like me. But she'll start to say something. I said, I was just thinking the same thing. Where you want to go? Well, I, I, what about, I said, I was thinking the same thing. We, we think alike and we will talk. Why? Because we are assimilating each other's nature. You see, we found out a long time ago that peace and a home is of much more value than trying to prove which one is right and which one is wrong. Now, sometimes when people are youngly married, and boy, the man's got to prove his authority, hallelujah, and the woman's got to do her deal, you know, and that then, but as you go on in time, you find peace in that home is worth so much more than proving your male chauvinism. All being happy together and loving one another and having the peace of God 
God to rule in your hearts. It's, well, is that the truth? So what do you do? You begin to merge more together and you assimilate part of her and she assimilates a part of you. And my, you find as you go on in time, you just cannot live without one another. You watch husbands and wives that are constantly fussing and fighting and squabbling and you watch them. It don't take me 15 minutes to sit and listen at them talk and you find out many of them have not moved into their marriage and maybe married 20 years or 30, whatever it is, but they're still basically where they were when they first got married. Each one of them wants their own grandma. Ah, this and ah, that and me and you and they've not assimilated into each other to find the neutrality of a peaceful home. Oh, what a peace it is when God tells the sister, don't cut your hair and you just assimilate into long hair and what happens, the glory of the mirror shines on your hair and your hair grows out. <laughs> and God tells you, get rid of your makeup. Well, you look in the mirror of the word and you say, oh, I could never make it without Maybelline. Oh, Mary Kay is my middle name. I could never, oh Lord, have mercy. Me give up my tight jeans. Me give up my britches and wear dresses to church all the time. There ain't no way in the world I could do that. But you keep assimilating and you keep coming to church and you keep listening. You keep hearing and say, well, you know what? I might be all right without, without that old, old blue jeans on. And the next thing you know, there you're standing just exactly like the prophet saw you in that vision and that dress on. It's the same way with the man because you said in the reality of the word. That's why Satan hates church. That's why he hates us coming together. But devil, you're not going to stop us. We are going to assimilate what we see. I love the way that Paul worded this because he used a gradual motion of change. So it wasn't a bam, that's it, but it was a gradual motion or a process of change. So we're changed into the same image. The present tense of this Greek word that he chose to use there implies a gradual transfiguration. Now if the Lord Jesus you stand there and look at him and then in a second, oh my goodness. But with us it's Gradual. Amen. Brother Donnie, I'm still struggling. That's because you're still graduating. Now, some of our young people here is fixing to graduate from high school, and some graduating from college and all that. What did you jump? They're starting the first grade and then graduate the next year? If you did, I feel sorry for whoever you're, you're going to work on or whatever you're going to do. Because you're going to be a dummy. So it takes years. Years. Studying, oh, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. Who needs geometry anyhow? How many of you sisters need geometry for making biscuits? But what do you do? Gradually, 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 God help me with this. And one day the law of mathematics breaks. Hallelujah. You say, I see it. I see it. One of these days, the law of God's mathematics Amen. will break over you and you'll see it. Amen. I'm so glad it broke over me about the Godhead, aren't you? Amen. That's why I can look at Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost and the, the terms in the Bible and not see three, but I can see these three are one. Amen. Notice the present tense implies a gradual transfiguration, a mystical, spiritual change is produced while we are contemplating Christ. 
No wonder we're no closer to God. We're contemplating money. We're contemplating this and that and the other. Brother Donnie, I ain't no preacher. I ain't supposed to study Christ. If you're going to be changed into Christ's image, you need to contemplate Christ. This scripture is not just for preachers. You see, our spiritual assimilation to Christ, into Christ, from his glory, actually issues a glory like his. Let me read you the meaning of the word assimilation. The process of becoming a part or making someone become a part, which will be all of us, Someone making us become a part. I'm glad he ain't waiting on me. Making someone become a part of a group. Ah, so much for you going in by yourself. Well, us and our four and no more, contrary to the word. Brother Branham saw millions beyond the curtain of time. And that wasn't you multiplied millions of times. It was different people. Making someone become a part of a group, a country, or a society. From glory to glory. So the image of the reflected sun may start working, let's say, in our eyes. We used to read the Bible... We try to look at it through mama's glasses. And mama said, now honey, there's three right here in the Bible. See right here, Matthew 28 proves it. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. See right here in the first of Matthew, honey, it proves it. There's three. There's the Lord Jesus. And there's the Father God. And there's the Holy Ghost to come down and baptize him. Third person of the Godhead. But then as the glory begins to come over your eyes, and your Baptist cataracts fall off. And you go to anoint your eyes with the eyesight of a Malachi 4. Well, it ain't three. It's the same person. It's It's the same person. And then your ears. It goes to reflecting on the tips of your ears, the light. It just illuminates your whole face. Friends, we're in the face age. We're in the face age when the glory of God shining upon our ears, our nose, our eyes, everything about us, our lips, our tongues to speak the word. And as we study and we look and we behold, actually what's changing is us, not him. It's not him. It's us. We say, he's becoming so much more real. Oh, he's becoming. Are you sure? Are you sure it's him becoming? Or is it you? Is it not us that's becoming more sensitive and more in love with him and more surrendered to let this ideology go about this and that and the other? And he's been here the same the whole time. But we behold the resplendent glory. And first we look and say, no, no. Well, man ain't supposed to walk in that. Ain't no way. Man, man ain't supposed to. Yes, he is. God had one man one time that could walk into the pillar of fire. He walked in a man 
and he walked out God. And his name was Moses. I just quoted you a quote from the prophet. But the New Testament allowed not only prophets and preachers, men, women, boys, girls, as they studied the resplendent glory of his excellency and the great power. They look and they like, I'm get off the deep end. I'm talking about in your capacity as a sheep. Remember, don't I'm just a housewife. Feed as a housewife, sister. Don't think you've got to understand like a preacher. I love the prayer that Brother Brennan prayed in souls that are in prison now. Father, I pray you'd help each man, woman, boy, and girl understand in the capacity that they're ordained to understand in. If God gave you that much, don't you feel condemned, but be so happy. But Brother Donnie, there's things you say, I don't understand. There's things that Brother Darrell said, I don't understand. Well, just say, God, help me to understand it in the capacity I'm ordained to understand it in. And I'm going to be happy going all that way. And my brother, sister, you will be changed just like people with a larger capacity. To look to Jesus in this transforming power. It's to gaze, not on a crystal ball. It's not to go to a fortune teller. But it's to look in the mirror. And you say, Lord, have mercy. How could I ever believe that? That could be changed to that. You're going to believe one or the other. You're going to believe this, which is a liar, which is a deceiver. Are you going to believe this great light behind you? Pick which one you want. If you want to listen to yourself and believe yourself, I agree with you. You'll never rise above that image of what you're constantly feeding on. You say, Brother Donnie, this seems pretty far out to me. Does it really? First John chapter 3, verse 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. And this is the reason why. For we shall see him as he is. We'll be like him because we're seeing him as he is. And as we study and look upon him, the power of who he is actually changes us to who we need to be. Oh, glory be to God. Notice this in verse 3. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. Purifieth himself even as he is pure. So you're not stumbling in the darkness and trying to walk around, oh, pray for me, I'll make it till Sunday morning. Pray for me, I'm not sure I can hold out till Sunday morning. If you see this right and you're born again, you have a purifying agent in yourself the same way the Lord God does. You have the ability within you, you are walking, talking Clorox. If you make a mistake, brother, sister, you don't have to wait to go before the priest. You don't have to go and find some preacher somewhere. But you've got the cleansing power of the blood of the Lord Jesus inside you. Uh, 
Let's stand. I've got a whole lot more here, but I don't want to overwhelm you with it. Let's read a couple more scriptures while you're standing. St. John 18, 37. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king? Then Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. And every one that is of, not that comes to, but every one that is of, begotten, come from, originated from, Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. And the church said, Amen. Don't you feel blessed tonight? First John 1 John 1.5, we'll pick this up more to next week. This then is the message which we have heard of him. And declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with him. Can you imagine a believer being in their position in Christ Jesus so well. That they could say me and God are buddies. I have fellowship. With God. Koinia. Koinia. That's the word. To be of the same spirit. To be of a kindred nature. To walk together. To be alike. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. We lie. So all these people. Multitudes of tens of thousands of them. That say they're born again. And live an evil life. They're liars. You shouldn't judge people. I'm simply quoting the Bible. We lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Now, let me tell you right now, if you're quoting this thinking that is talking about me and you and you and you and you, you need to go back and read this in the original, and you'll find out John ain't saying me and Harry and Dale and this one and that one. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the word there is you and God. If you're walking in the light as he is in the light, so tell me, is he in Luther's light today? Wesley's light, the Catholic light, where is he? The evening light. When Jesus was here, he had to walk in the light of his day. Right? That's why he didn't preach Noah's message. That's why he didn't preach Moses' message. He preached his message. Why? The light of the day. Is that right? John the Baptist preached his message and Jesus said, John was a great and shining light. And ye rejoiced in his light for a season. But he said, I have a greater witness than that of John. Praise God. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us. Friends, this is why only the bride 
has this cleansing power. He's now here pointing just to Calvary of the work of the cross. This is based on koinia, fellowship, fellowship. As you walk in that fellowship and the image of that glory shining upon you. Lord, I didn't know that was wrong. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive it. It's that simple. You don't have to do no Hail Marys, no Novenas. Go pray somebody out of purgatory. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Forgive him. Forgive him. It's finished. It's annihilated. And when you really mean it, you don't do it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. You can be delivered from that besetting sin. Why? You're having fellowship in the light. Oh, praise be to God. The Greek pronoun that John used for one another, Elilion, refers to two parties, God and you. So it ain't me and Harry and God. It ain't me and Jeremy and God. Remember the Daryl and God. It's me and God, Daryl and God, you and God, you and God. And then when we all come together, it's all of us and God. But when we leave, we still have our own God walk. <laughs> this is why Sunday religion won't work for the bride. I have to have him every day. God bless you, saints. Let me fold this so I'll shut up. Praise God. Oh, how I love light. How I love light. Let's bow our heads together. Lord Jesus, how we thank you for your word tonight. We know the Bible tells us there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That all men through him might be saved, that they might believe, have access to the door. We know, Lord Jesus, that the glory of the light has changed. The prophet tells us, and mighty God unveiled before us, that it changed from Luther to Wesley, from Wesley to Pentecost. And then it changed from Pentecost to the bright light. And now, Father, we're in the last closing parts of the Father's drama, or the divine symphony. Just a few more notes maybe to be played out by the symphony. We could be at the last bar of the music on the sheet music. Maybe it'll be a flute. Maybe it'll be a piano. Maybe it'll be a pair of cymbals. They will strike to crescendo. And when they do, the bride will be gone. We know, Lord, to be a part of an orchestra. Each person playing, whether it would be an oboe, it might be a violin, the one in the first chair on the violin. It might be an organ. It might be a piano. It might be a cello, a viola. It might be all kinds of different things. But just because they have different instruments don't mean they're playing different songs. They're all playing the same song if they're part of the same orchestra. And they're all sitting on the same platform. So whether it's the Philharmonic of Prague or whether it's the Boston Philharmonic, 
And the man stands up and he begins to tap the little desk there and he starts raising his hands. To those of us who do not understand, we're thinking, what in the world is he getting all worked up about? He ain't playing no instrument. He just got a stick in his hand. But everybody in that orchestra is following that man. Each time he bends his hand, each time he raises his arms, the expression on his or her face means something to them. Praise God. Oh, Jesus, help us, Father. The problem of it is we've got too many conductors, as the prophet said, that's not in the same spirit of the composer. So they're pulling message people off over here after their little click. And this man's pulling them over here after him, this one after him. But before long, all that will fade out, Lord. And the true bride will recognize we're not here to follow men. We're not here to follow cliques. We're here to become the expression of the word. So we don't want to study this man and his mannerisms so we can be like him. We want to study the son so the image can be so impressed upon us we will be changed into that same image. Oh, Father God, help us tonight, Lord. Forgive us of our failures, our shortcomings. Forgive us for studying so much other trash. Trash and nonsense. Lord, a lot of things that we'd spend our time on aren't sin. They're just a waste of time. A waste of our time. When we could be contemplating about you and meditating and thinking on the good things of God. Satan knows this. He knows if he can occupy our minds, if it's with no more than just our own thoughts and our own opinions, we won't become more like Jesus. We'll become more like our family strain, our family nature, our family shortcomings. And there's nothing he would like for us to become any greater than our greatest enemy, which is us. So the more we think about us and talk about us and think about our shortcomings and think about our mistakes and I think and I believe and I think and that's all we think this is about, the more we're becoming like our greatest enemy. This is why you called your people a church, which means called out of their homes to a local assembly. There's something about getting together and rubbing shoulders even sometimes of clashing with one another. The scripture tells us brother, a brother is born for adversity, so sometimes it does us good to get out of our little selfish, private mode. Help us, I pray, Lord Jesus. We love you, Father, with all of our hearts. How many here tonight would like to say, Brother, don't even remember me. I want to take this mirror in my hand. And I want to see that reflected image that you preached about tonight. Not the reflected image of my pastor, the reflected image of my wife, my husband. I don't even want it to be the image of Brother Branham, but I want it to be the image of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Heavenly Father, you see their hands uplifted and no doubt people streaming, people go back and archive this service, Lord. Dear God, I pray in the name of Jesus. May there be a sweep that will come over the entire earth. Some of your people, Lord, that are bound, some of them, Lord, I know still not able to have churches, COVID devil. Lord God, bring deliverance to your people, I pray. 
Father, I pray for our brothers and sisters in India. You see, Lord, what a terrible thing this is, Lord. Hearing from our saints, Father God, and nearly daily hearing from some of our brothers in India. Lord, the numbers there are just astronomical. Father God, in the name of Jesus, may the angel of God stop the plague, I pray. Lord God, for the sake of your people, in the name of Jesus, O Lamb of God, may the Holy Ghost go there in India, Father. Stop the plague of death. Grant it, I pray, Father. Oh, Jesus, your children need to come back together. Lord, we need to be able to assimilate the word of God. Grant it to us, I pray, Father, that we can be shaped and molded and formed into the image of the living God himself. Grant it, I pray, Lord Jesus. We worship you tonight, Father. We bless your holy name. Shine upon me, Lord. Ain't no question about it. The older I get, the more I look like my daddy. Brother Tim Mullen a few years ago took a picture of my daddy and then took a picture of me and sent them both to me. And I, I didn't realize how much I did look like him until those pictures were placed so close together. And it's in my genes, I guess. It's in my DNA to look like my daddy. Oh, God, may it be in my spiritual DNA. My genes, oh, Father, to look like Christ the Word. Let me love like you. Let me heal the sick like you. Let me cast out devils like you. Hallelujah. Let me blast denominations the way you did. Let me walk in my Father's shoes. Grant it, Lord God. Oh, we worship you tonight, Jesus. Can we just worship him just a little bit before we go? Brother Amos and Brother Steve got to drive all the way back to Virginia, so we'll not, not keep you very long. But can we just worship him just, just a bit? Oh, my. Who knows? There might be a little bit brighter illumination that will strike over our shoulder tonight while we're worshiping as we lose ourselves and find ourselves in him. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Almighty God, we bless your holy name tonight, Father. As we hold the mirror in our trembling hand, Lord God, may your glory, may your glory, your brilliance strike the image, Father. May it reflect upon our face. We can see our thinking, our talking, our hearing, our seeing, our speaking changed into the glorious image of the resurrection and the life. Granted, I pray, Lord Jesus. Sing something for us, hey. Can we just close our eyes for a few moments? And, oh, praise the Lord. I know you've got to work tomorrow. Your kids got a little bit more school probably, but let's just worship him just a little bit now. As Gentiles, we could have, not in the Old Testament, even come into his great presence. But now we're beckoned into the presence of El Shaddai, the great Adonai, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Let's say our worries about tomorrow, our troubles, our fears, whatever that we're going through, let's lay them on the outside. Can you imagine, can you go with me to the book of St. John? It is the great feast 
that they have just celebrated. The menorah, which was standing lit in the women's court. Historians tell us there were two of them, and they were 75 feet tall. They were lit, brilliant light coming from them. They were singing and worshiping. The Levites had instruments of all types of instruments, and they were playing loud and worshiping and singing such jubilation. And the Lord Jesus in that setting, in verse 12 of that chapter, says, I am the light of the world. No doubt it went right over the tops of many of their heads. It was the second of seven of the I am's in St. John. The second of seven. You understand what his proclamation was? I am God. For God is light and in him is no shadow of turning. There they were rejoicing because of the menorah and the great feast. And there was the light made flesh among them. Probably some of them laughed and ridiculed. But the elect of God heard God say, I am the light. Oh, my, his words permeated their hearts and started breaking further back the image of darkness. Oh, let him break through yours tonight. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you're bound with the Spirit. Maybe you need to hear him say, I am the Lord God that healeth thee of all thy diseases. May that light from his mouth go right to that blood pressure and bring it back to normal. May that light from his spoken word go to that tumor in your body this night and dissolve that demon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever your need is, friends. We don't have a 75-foot menorah standing here tonight. I'm not pointing you to some great feast. I'm pointing you to a risen, resurrected Savior who is everything you have need of right here in this building tonight. You're sick, you need healing, be healed in the name of Jesus. You need deliverance, be delivered in the name of Jesus Christ. Sing for us, Harry. Let's just worship him now just for a few minutes before we go. Oh, Jesus, we bless you, Lord. We worship you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Help me as I look, Lord God. More of you.
amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, how we worship you, Lord. Thank you, dear God, for the light, Lord. For opening our eyes, Lord, to see. Oh, Father, how we bow in your great presence, Lord. To be assimilated into your image, dear God. Oh, God, let us empty more of ourselves out, Lord. Make more room for you, Lord. Grant it, O oh God. Grant it, Lord Jesus. How we thank you, Lord God, our healer, our deliverer, our comfort, our God, our shield, our buckler, our savior, our king, our physician, our friend. How we thank you, Lord Jesus. What a privilege we've been given, Lord, in this hour to walk with you, dear God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The world groping in darkness. The darkness is driving them insane, Lord. But, oh, God, in your presence, Lord, we assimilate into the mind of Christ to know what you won't done with the word in this hour, dear God. Oh, a land, Lord, made in our hearts to manifest the word of God for this hour, Lord. How we thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Aren't you grateful, saints of God? Oh, what a privilege it is. What a privilege it is. of all days, oh, so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above. Humbly you came to the earth you created, awful of sin became
Sure makes the story Brother Branham told about the little boy who had never saw his image and went down to his grandmother's house one place, another place he said the aunt. And all of a sudden he realized, he said, well, Mama, it's me. Oh, aren't you glad God sent someone to tell you who you are? May the Lord bless you. If you enjoyed the word of God tonight. <laughs> What an hour we're living in, friends, whenever service is a masterpiece. Amen. Amen. Let's just bow our heads and just go believing now that whatever you have need of, he's met that need tonight. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't feel it, he's working. He never stops working. Heavenly Father, Lord, when we get into your presence like this, Lord. We just don't want to leave, God. As Brother Brandon said before service, Lord, of the song of going home, Lord, every day we seem more and more disconnected from this world. We feel the pull of another land, of another kingdom, of another nation, that we are the inhabitants of them people, Lord. That land that you have prepared for us. And we feel the pull, Lord. Oh, God. May we labor, Lord, and surrender, Lord, whatever we need to do. That we can come to that purpose that you placed us here on the earth to achieve. That we can fulfill our mission, Lord. That you can catch us away. That where you are there... Will we be also? Lord, go with your people now. Give them safe travels that make their way home. Lord, those that are afflicted, dear God, with different needs. Lord, when they wake up in the morning, Lord, may it be different. May they feel different like the little sister in France. That, Lord, you touched her and she came back to church the next morning and said... I got up this morning, I didn't need my cane. Oh, God. Grant it, Lord Jesus, I pray. Bless our precious brother Donnie, Lord. Renew his strength, dear God. Lord, continue to reveal yourself to him in a greater and greater way. And Lord, may we all assimilate into the image that would be pleasing to you. Lord, be with Brother Amos and Brother Steve as they travel back to Virginia. Watch over them, Lord, others, God. We just love you tonight. We thank you, Lord. We, from, the, from the humbleness of our heart, Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us, for all that you've given us, Lord. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you, dear God, for bringing us under your wings. How we love you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, once more, dear God, as our brothers prayed, we want to echo it, Lord, with an amen. May you move for the needs in India, Lord. Granted, oh God, we ask you, Lord. Go with us now, we pray. As we depart this building, may we never depart your presence. For we humbly ask these things in Jesus' name.
And the bride says, Amen. Amen. God bless you, saints. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Just go believing. Sing us happy, Brother Harry. Amen. Nobody loves me like you love me, Jesus. I stand on.